We feel lucky to have survived. How one family found itself in the middle of a COVID storm, by Zhuang Pinghui. Early 2020 should have been a happy time for Wuhan accountant Cheng Pan, whose second child, a son, was due to be born in just 10 days. Instead, Cheng was plunged into the chaos and devastation of a mystery virus that not only threatened the lives of three generations of his family, but would later become known as the COVID-19. Killing thousands of Wuhan residents before sweeping across countries in the world's largest modern public health crisis. Frantically searching for hospital beds and medication for his pregnant wife Zhou Xiaomeng, an early victim of COVID-19, Cheng found himself also managing his father's illness, spending weeks traveling from hospital to hospital in a fruitless search for a bed. Cheng's father had unwittingly infected his pregnant daughter-in-law with the virus. I was so preoccupied with finding hospital beds for them, buying drugs, and checking their medical situations at the same time that I didn't have time to think, to feel tired or scared, or being infected myself. Cheng recalled. Now, months after the family survived the traumatic plight, Cheng is seeking justice for the horrific human losses the city suffered, with more than fifty thousand infected and three thousand eight hundred sixty-nine deaths from the coronavirus pandemic. Chung believes that the government had a responsibility to warn residents earlier, and is demanding that those who mishandled the early stage of the outbreak be held accountable. I wish the government could look back, hold those who mishandled accountable, and correct the wrong data on death. Chung said, "The Wuhan government did not report any new cases for 12 days in January. It was only on January 19th." That the public was told the disease was infectious, despite hospitals already struggling with an overwhelming number of unexplained lung infections. The authorities revised the death toll from 2,579 to 3,869 in April, but Cheng believes those numbers are inaccurate. After personally seeing the crowded hospitals, the undertaker's vans, and statements that funeral homes from other cities had to travel to Wuhan to help collect and process the dead bodies. As the coronavirus quietly spread among residents and quickly overwhelmed hospitals, patients were forced to queue for hours to see a doctor, while patients were sent home to wait for test results. For two weeks, Cheng took his father from hospital to hospital, seeking a bed for treatment. With no beds available, he was forced to wait for up to eight hours a day in the hospital to receive treatments, including intravenous drips to keep him alive. Finally, by mid-February, Cheng's father was accepted into a temporary hospital the city had set up to cope with the rapid spread across the city of the disease. Had the officials visited hospitals and saw the long queues and talked to frontline doctors, they would have known the real situation and made the right decision rather than telling people it was not infectious or organize big banquets in neighborhoods. Cheng said. Meanwhile, Chung's very pregnant 31-year-old wife, Joe, started to show symptoms of a cold and took a CT scan, which revealed that her lungs were affected. She hadn't developed a fever and returned a negative on a coronavirus test, but was later admitted to a mother children's hospital as a suspected case. It was only later that Joe proved positive with tests confirming coronavirus antibodies. By early February, all of Chung's family were separated by the coronavirus. His father in a makeshift hospital for treatment, his wife in another one, and the newborn son in a separate children's hospital to be treated as a suspected case. While battling sepsis, a CT scan showed his tiny lungs were affected with some signs of pneumonia. 
Chung's two-year-old daughter was isolating with his mother-in-law, while Chung's mother found herself alone at home. Wuhan was under strict lockdown, but Chung was also allowed to visit his family because he had been granted permits to move around the city. He checked on his father's vital signs remotely, using a health watch he had given him. He was allowed to visit his newborn baby only once a week, so he again turned to technology, using the hospital's app to monitor tests and subsequent results. He talked on video with his daughter and delivered daily necessities to her and his mother-in-law. Sometimes the street was completely empty because of the lockdown, and there were no cars but ambulances, undertakers' vans, police cars, and my car. You could hardly forget the silence on the street, he said. Chung says the family separation had a major impact on his wife. She's a full-time mother and had never parted with our daughter. She didn't see her son for one second after he was born because he was transferred to the children's hospital. All this was very hard on her, and she became very moody. Chung said. Thankfully, Chung's wife was discharged earliest in the family in mid-February, showing very mild symptoms with their son released from hospital care by late February. The Chung family waited a bit longer to be reunited with their daughter, who returned in mid-March. Chung's father was discharged in March and lived in a separate apartment with Chung's mother, who did what she could to avoid direct contact. Staying in separate rooms, Chung's mother would leave meals outside her husband's room in disposable bowls. Finally, in May, Chung's father was finally able to meet his new grandson. Until then, nobody told him he had inadvertently plunged the family into a potentially devastating outcome by infecting his own daughter-in-law. My wife didn't hold any grudge against my father. My father only learned about the situation after he saw my son recovered. I don't want him to feel bad about it," Chung said. Chung says he feels lucky to have survived the pandemic, the lockdown, and the economic losses, and they wouldn't consider leaving Wuhan. But they also believe they are owed the truth. I wish the truth would be told because the government might repeat the mistake if a similar situation happens again," Chung said.